0: Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama.
1: I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice.
0: Tune in to the Discovery Doc podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health.
1: to the Discovery Doc
0: Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, crunchy mama of three and self reclaimed toxin tamer, and this chick over here.
1: I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and Discovery liaison, and I'm also your antibody accumulator now. We'll get into that in a future episode. And we are joined back again by this wonderful human being sitting in front of us. So if you're seeing this absolutely smiling face on the screen next to us or- yeah, tell us who she is again. If you missed last yes. one, go listen to last episode cuz we have gonna... Dr. Arlene Dehumco. She
0: is someone that I I mean, I just respect you so much. It is amazing what you do, but she is an integrative physician, someone who embodies just spirituality, emotional, physical well-being, also a mama of four herself and has her own medical practice just doing a unicorn, let's say that, just doing all the things. In our first episode, we talked a lot about what cranial osteopathy is, uh, which is her bread and butter. So if you did miss that, make sure you go back and listen before you listen to this one, or you might be a little confused. Um, And now we would like to just dive a little bit deeper into it. And where I would like to start is with all of the, what do you call them? Snot goblins. Snot goblins. Yes. Rolling around um, with, I have coined this term fluvid, COVID and flu season. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How can we use cranial osteopathy as a modality to prevent and or treat patients who are dealing with, with snot ball kiddos? well i have plenty
2: of families coming to see me actually right before they go to school they kind of want to like just check in they don't really have any problems they just want to check in make uh, the year smoother um or like as school gets in the session then you have all the different like stress and anxieties and and um worry about like what's coming up so um when when they come in it's sometimes like say they don't necessarily have any concerns but they just want to check in Mm -hmm. and and i love seeing people like that too because it's just like okay and and i'm totally fine like any age if they want to talk if they don't want to talk it's okay because i can listen to their bodies and their bodies will tell me the story of whatever is going on so um sometimes depending on the personalities and the constitutions, you can get the kids where everything looks good on the outside. And then on the inside, you can feel the tension. And usually the parents um, will know something. Like the mom will know, yeah, they seem a little off, but but they seem to be doing okay, so I'm not really sure. Um, but you'll be able to feel that tension inside the body uh, in terms of how the autonomic nervous system is working. So you have your sympathetic arm which is that fight or flight response your parasympathetic arm that that rest and digest or it could be in a frozen state so if there's any imbalance there and just the autonomic nervous system then that can make a lot of physiology go awry or just make you a bit more vulnerable to to illness or it could Um, make you just feel more stress and then your adrenals get tapped out and give you some digestive issues with those nervous butterflies Um, make you a little bit more over responsive or over reactive to things so things seem like a big deal but even if you think about what I'm saying there you can translate that into allergies or sensitivities Things are a big deal. Small things are now a big deal. So you're on this um, defense mode, and uh, and then you can also see that in terms of like school, like how they're able to pay attention, or um, if how they're getting along with their their classmates and their teacher. So so many things. So what sometimes what looks like ADHD could just be the autonomic nervous system out of balance. Um, or we were talking about earlier, like if so, some parents say like, oh, my kid it's always been high strung ever since they were born. Mm-hmm. To me, that signal is like, oh, there was probably something either a birth this year or before pregnancy. I mean, birth is a really stressful process. Yes. You have this Ginormous being squeezed out a very relatively small hole. (laughs) You don't know it until you've been through it, like exactly what that means. I just think that's stressful for the
0: baby as well,
2: you know. Yes, and you are one unit, like so zero to age seven, it's like this. Of course, when you're pregnant, you are one unit, but when you're a baby, when you're nursing that baby, you're still really one unit. And then I say zero to age seven, that that child is slowly growing in their independence Mm. and starting to understand like who they are and that will continue and continue even as they get older. But that zero to seven age is um, such a close knit unit between like, especially the, the mom and the child. And so what you feel your baby feels and what the baby feels you feel and you don't have to try to break it down like well who felt it first you both feel it at the same time it's nobody's fault it's it's just life of your experience of what you're going through but um that can make an impression on the nervous system and the, how the physiology is working and so if there's any stress that gets stuck i call it a stuck button because our nature is resilience and balance. So if things get stuck, I'm like, oh, it's just a stuck button. We just need to unstick the button. (laughs) And so things can flow again. Uh, And so that can make all the difference too. So some kids that maybe appeared to be overly anxious kids or very sensitive kids or um, hyperactive kids end up not being so much because uh, most constitutions I feel like most people's essences are actually really, um, I mean, really forgiving and really tolerant and patient. So it it doesn't mean that you can't have like some sort of like sassiness to your constitution, but a natural essence, that that natural state of who you are when you feel completely free and like yourself is a feel-good natural state of being. Like you feel good, you feel happy. You're not actually meant to be, you're not just that kind of person that just r- overreacts to things. That's That to me is a, a nervous system imbalance or some sort of like stress pattern that got stuck. Mm-hmm. And so there's ways to smooth that out. So the cranial osteopathy is, is one way to help. There's other ways through breath work, through yoga, through just healthy lifestyle. But if you need help, then um, the cranial osteopathy is like one way that I've just found can be immensely helpful and to be able to address so many different
0: dimensions and layers all at once. Wow. Can you explain what you, what you as the practitioner physically feel when you are yeah. working on these patients? Let's, yes. yes, I'm so curious.
2: Um, I, yes, I teach physicians how to do this from the introductory, from the basics onto like uh more advanced levels of just like feeling the emotional body. So and I actually teach the parents and how to do this and also kids too, because a lot of people that come to see me are, are very sensitive in terms of like more empathic, they can feel they pick up on emotions easily, they feel things in their body easily. So um, what looks intangible it actually feels very tangible to me so if you were to take a balloon and to squeeze one part of it you can feel that on the other side so it's not just where my hands are i'm also feeling the space between my hands and you get that idea when you hold a balloon but also if you had the ropes of a sail so you don't ever have to just imagine a simple sail with two ropes you never have to touch it. And you know which way the wind is blowing and you can actually kind of maneuver the sail or change it, but you never touch it. Yeah. So that's, um, that's like part of like how, how I'm feeling things. It's like when you imagine everything's connected, then you can feel that connection through mm-hmm. things from farther away, just like the sail. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about in terms of physics by feeling those vectors of force and, um, like following those layers. So you could, like, if we talked about the fascial layers, it feels a little bit more like um, like rubber bandy, like uh, not as dense as bone. So bone, we usually start with bone, so that's probably why it's called cranial osteopathy. Osteo means bone. So if you feel bone, even if you were to feel yourself, it feels more dense. If you were to feel fascia, the the layers that hold everything together or Jura, uh, it has more give to it. And then if you were to like be really light and feel the fluid or your pulse, it's much more, it's a much lighter feel to it. Mm-hmm. So I tell people when we're teaching, I'm like, well, bone feels like bone. Membrane yeah. feels like membrane. <laughs> fluid feels like fluid. It's kind of exactly how you thought it might yeah. feel. Yeah. And then we get into the subtleties of it because there's like that physical Mm-hmm. Easy tangible feel. And then you can start to feel the rhythms. And that's when you have to like really soften and mm. be really still in yourself. Because if you're distracted by your own inner workings and your own physiology, it's harder. It's like noise. And so harder. To- it'll feel like work. It feels like you could to try to feel through your things, but if you're very quiet, so I'll usually be in a kind of meditative state during treatment. So I basically meditate all day long. Um, and then you can start to feel like, it's like everything's singing to you or crying, you know, or anything else. So then you can feel the bone and it has a quality to it. Um, so you feel the tangible, but then you can also feel the that rhythm that's like like i call it singing especially if it's like more in resonance like everything will will feel like it's like singing so um i mean i guess it's like if you couldn't um hear if you were deaf and you had to feel music Mm -hmm. through vibrations which they do that you know for people so they can feel it or you were to put your hand on an instrument and then you could feel the music that way Mm. that's like that's what it
0: feels like. So when you don't feel that music, then you are moved very intuitively to physically move your hands to then help that person with the interconnectedness and to help that symphony regain its connectedness, I guess. Yeah.
1: So
2: so my approach actually might be slightly different than other cranial osteopaths, but if you if there's some dissonance, so ooh, like things don't sound like or feel like they're in tune, then um See the essence of a person is always healthy. Mm-hmm. It's like their pure light, pure love. It, it's always there. So their health is always there. It's just a matter of uncovering it. Mm-hmm. So if you c- show that dissonance to the essence, it sort of takes care of it. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, oh, oh, I see you. I remember. Oh, I didn't know. You know it's okay and now the essence of the person has like seen and heard them and when you are not afraid of being afraid see it sort of like doesn't have the hold anymore Mm -hmm. like if you're not afraid of seeing yourself it doesn't have that kind of hold if you're not worried it's like that meta If you don't have the worry of being worry worried then that emotion doesn't have as much hold on you anymore so the same thing even like physically or in the rhythms or if there's any dissonance if you are not afraid of seeing it hearing it letting it be it no longer has a hold on you so there is no longer a dissonance that means you're okay with how you feel that creates a resonance and then nature can take over and do what it usually does which is flow so then it can become unstuck from a stuck to flow right so you help it yeah
1: i have a question well can i'm asking for you to give us homework live on our episode today. yeah will you walk us through a resonant breathwork homework and we can do this at the end we don't have to do it now so we can get into that space where at the end we can do breath work and then the rest of y'all can go on the rest of your day but i because we still have some questions and things that we want to talk about but will you do that sure. for us at the end sure. that, <laughs> that was so insanely powerful so that, insightful as yes. well of understanding how you feel what you feel and what that means to uh, a the layman brain. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do what you do and why it's so important for yeah. everything?
0: Do you find then, Do you, how often do you find that patients will have a big emotional release after you work on them?
2: Um. So big is all relative because it's sort of like, what does it, you know, what does it mean to them? Because they're the ones to kind of qualify it. But I would say for adults, a, at least 50% of patients have some sort of like tearing up in the first visit. So the first visit tends to be a bigger one because there's just like a lot of life years yeah. of stuff to kind of go through. Um, and so, but the bigness of it, so, because I don't want people to feel like, oh no, I'm going to go in there and then just start bawling although you know <laughs> i have big grown men who feel safe to cry their eyes out and i think that is so beautiful you would never know it they are complete They are such professionals in their lives in their business whatever they do so um but that kind of vulnerability is a hidden strength so if you have the courage to be able to see yourself fully like that 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 to me is so much strength Mm. so i don't see it as a sign of weakness and tears are release Mm. sighing is a release laughing is a release Um, shaking so trembling is a release so those are all natural ways that your body and your being are trying to restore balance Mm -hmm. and um and and we may or may not welcome it so if it's overwhelming then we might want to contain it but see that sort of puts a cork on it so it sort of like buries it back down and it's not a judgment of like uh, because it it may also not be healthy just to unleash the floodgates all at once that's not the point either it's imagining that baby so when you're talking about these really deep emotional and vulnerable points you imagine that baby again and you're not going to make the baby do it at any other pace than the pace that the baby wants. But whatever pace feels good to that baby, that means that basically whatever they're going through at the moment, they are okay and to be somehow okay with it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Then the kind of the, the other side that I would like to talk about a little bit is We, for my own patient population, I see a lot of patients who suffer chronically with symptoms. And this might look like IBS, IBD, Crohn's. It might look like chronic fatigue, joint pain. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But in a general sense, how important is it for those patients who may be suffering from chronic symptoms to receive such a modality as craniosteopathy to aid in their healing journey? What what benefit can it bring to them to bring on board that modality?
2: It can be really powerful just because we are addressing, again, so many different dimensions and layers. Um, I'm not saying it's the the only thing ever. However, there's not that many modalities i can think of or not the, it, it all actually depends on the practitioner because it's it's um what i bring to cranial osteopathy is is more than just the regular um what people think of it even as osteopathy because sometimes they can think of it more mechanically so approaching it like with the whole being um is really important and i would say that any time that you can approach someone as a whole being it's going to be beneficial and um, with the way that i practice i've just been able to integrate it and incorporate it into the cranial osteopathy so that i can address more layers all at once and so that's the piece where it's like i don't know that many practitioners that can address multiple layers like that simultaneously i completely
0: Um, agree just to say one thing quick to justify or solidify what you're saying is that i have a lot of chiropractors who say oh i also do um, and they will call it craniosacral therapy um not cranial cranial osteopathy and it is so different and it is and it's not to say what they're doing is is any lesser than but it Mm -hmm. is a very it's a good point to differentiate that there are people who perform that modality and it's strictly physical. And mm-hmm. that is why when I specifically refer patients to you, it's because I know that you are viewing that patient at so much more holistically and mind, body, spirit, all as one. And it's not just a physical feeling that you yeah, have. Yeah,
2: It's, it's, so much it's hard to explain because it's like, I know that mo- usually most people, especially in the integrative holistic world, this is our deal to do, ideal to do, bo- you know, mind, body, spirit. Um, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually feel it. Yes. Uh, so I think that's where the difference would be. And if, if you couldn't find a practitioner, somebody that could address it in those ways, then what I suggest to people is like, we'll see different kinds of people so that you can address the different aspects that are needed for your healing. And at times, again, some layers will call out more than others. And I have huge respect for my colleagues that do have more mechanical approach. I mean, for surgeons who can set a bone. And so, it, but so we all need to work together. Yeah. So if the surgeon sets the bone, but I can help them with like the ongoing healing, because once it's set casted, they're like, all right, you know, you're good. They're healed. But then it's like, oh, but it still feels weak or a year later. They're like, I don't know. It's still not quite right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, get the flow going don't forget to address the emotional body that's still shocked from the accident and was intended to fully you tended they tended to the crisis the physical crisis saved a life um, but then there's so many other aspects to healing and some of these you know when once i start to say them out loud you may think like oh well yeah that's obvious but that's good because (laughs) i like to call out like we're just that that big elephant in the room i'm like well yes address the obvious things first (laughs) right yeah
1: why not and that makes um dr arlene a great person to have on your dream team So as you're walking through things and getting that overall view and having that functional and holistic approach to your health, discover that is a, that's a good someone to have on your dream team that can help keep things moving and, and release and work through all of the things that everybody else is helping you work through as well. Yeah. A question I have very, excuse me, random
0: question that I was thinking of earlier was pregnant women do you because sometimes we can how do you feel sometimes we can have that emotional release and sometimes it can be a release of past trauma or whatever it might bring up physically do you how do you feel about that in pregnancy do you feel that helps mama set up be set up for an even more successful pregnancy and birth what what
2: are your thoughts ideally even before they're pregnant i would say that most pregnant women that come to see me have probably already seen me before and so that's why they're they're comfortable coming and see me um, while they're pregnant but if you just imagine that womb as this beautiful nest so what does the baby need to grow nourishment what how is it going to get that nourishment through flow so again the health is in the flow needs a blood flow it needs the drainage Um, so if when things are really tight i mean it, then all it's trying to go through a rock to get to the nest for the baby so it's yeah. like it's a little harder so um with people that are dealing with fertility issues that tends to be the way things feel, it's like, oh, instead of the soft nest where things can flow so easily, because pregnant women have so more fluid. And right. so th- they feel even more fluid. So all those different layers from the bone, the fascia feel even more fluid than uh, they t- usually are. And um, so if you if you just soften the rock feel, and get, restore the flow, then um, that's, of course, of mm. course, that just, it's like common sense again. Of course it will nourish the baby. And I also tell pregnant women, if you feel tight, the baby feels tight it's physics yeah how why do you think you feel tight because the baby's pushing and run out of room what's the baby gonna feel the opposite of that like you know confined i need more room so um yeah so that's just something else to consider because there's you you can like loosen up tissue to give the feel of more room and more relaxation in the body because obviously if the muscles and the fascia are tight like this um it can if you run out of room once they've been stretched then baby's going to feel that too
0: right and then once baby is here do you see a lot of ties? Do you see a lot of torticollis or um, maybe head shape abnormalities where we can help avoid helmets or anything like that? Or, you know, our, what are your newborns coming yeah, that you see? I have, um, well,
2: if the families know me or they've heard of me, they'll just bring them in just to check in. Yeah. And then otherwise I'll have the lactation consultants or um, ENT, maybe less and teachers they don't know as much um but i work with the integrative dentists and um all the centers you know the tongue tie and short torticollis and i would love to educate the other pediatricians to know that why watch and wait for a torticollis what are you waiting for thank you like just help it just i mean Uh, now they're gonna have to develop and go through all their milestones
0: slightly off kilter
2: you know you want them to be able to develop from a nice baseline of neutral centered balance um because otherwise everything will be askew and and then the sooner you address it the easier it is before things start to like cement in and and it's not that you can't address it but i'll even feel adults that are like oh i had a tortoise when i was little and i'm like well it's part of it remnants of it are still there (laughs) and i mean i i had i'm not saying anything that's meant to be like Um, to hurt anyone's feelings. I mean, when I was in second grade, I fell and I fell on this tooth, cracked this tooth. And then, um,
0: so it was on the right side.
1: And now a word from our
0: sponsor. The kids are back to school and this means in addition to homework, they will also bring home those nasty classroom germs. Protecting the health of the entire family is key and so too is taking a preventative approach. I trust Stellar Biotics for daily immune and gut health support with 20 years of science behind their metabiotic and probiotic supplements Stellar Biotics produces all natural, proven, safe, and effective supplements for everyone in your family, children, nursing mothers, and even pets. I trust them for my own family's immune and gut health support, and I hope that you consider them for your family too. Learn more at StellarBiotics.com and use coupon code DrCC10 to get 10% off of your purchase. And so my first cranial osteopathy course
2: um, they're working on the face. This was on the fifth day and another student was working on it. And I was like, I can feel something moving. I was like in my face. I was mm-hmm. like, "You? how can you possibly move the bones in my face? I'm like, I could feel it. And then the, um, table trainer, the physician working with us said, yes. And now your plane of vision is more level. And I was like, what? So I ran out of the room and I looked in the mirror and I was like, Oh my gosh. It's nothing that most people notice. My sisters notice, but like my coworkers didn't. So it wasn't like Like so protest of a difference, you know? But I used to watch lecture like with my head Mm -hmm. slightly tilted like this, because this eye was a little higher. And so I tilted my head. I thought it was just a habit. That's just how I sat. Mm -hmm. It was making my plane of vision level. So, once things like softened up and i knew exactly what it was from i was like oh it's when i fell in second grade i fell mm-hmm. from the parallel bars i locked my arms and flipped over and then um yeah so over the years it's gotten like more and more level and but that was my first experience in cranial osteopathy wow. and i was like no plastic surgeon could have done that oh, <laughs> you know? crazy and Crazy, running. yeah! I was flipping out. I was yeah. li- like, you know, I was—it was in me. So it's like one thing when it happens it's in someone else, it happens in you. I was like running around telling everyone, like, "Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! My face moved, My face move! How can you move your face?" And they're looking at me because it's—it's it, it's not like they looked at me in that much detail or measured the alignment of my right. eyes. So they didn't. But my sisters noticed because they're like, "Your smile's different." Wow because my smell was more asymmetric and it got more symmetric Mm -hmm. and yeah. So that one introductory course alone, I was like telling everyone, but then I realized people don't have a frame of reference to understand this. So it sounds like gibberish or it sounds like too outside of a reality of what could be, (laughs) but, um, I mean it just takes the experience of your own experience and that, that usually, um, shifts everything even when i teach the students or you know people come see me um i'll just say i'm like well just try it out like gather your data points that's what i often say when teaching students i mean just gather our data points Mm -hmm. see what works for you so maybe try it that way and then try it another way and then over time your mind will start to get on board of what works so i might teach them a more um, way that works with a person's rhythms so that requires listening to the person listening to their body listening to their essence and then they might have learned like a more mechanical way um, for example lymph pumping we did a lymph pumping class before for students and he's like well i said if you do it this way that i'm teaching you it will be far more efficient you'll get much more depth of in your treatment and so one of the students said well how do you know that Mm -hmm. where are the articles for that that are showing the cranial rhythm impulse has been changed and and i said i was like well you know you have you are like an ocean so you have an ocean of rhythms it would be very difficult to do a study on every single one of those rhythms and and you're also like your own unique like body of rhythms Mm -hmm. i was like so since everyone's different everyone practices differently i would suggest like just try it out you do it the way you know knew before and then you do it another way so he had somebody practice on him and so he could feel it and he came back around he was like the way that you showed us he's like it was so much better he's like i could feel things moving i could feel things flowing he's like the other way we did it that they knew how to do it before he's like i didn't like it it felt aggressive and it felt like pushy Mm. and i was like that's the difference with working with someone's rhythms is that you get into the ease so now you can like start to like surf with them versus like pushing against each other
0: do you i mean even with a torticollis you push a torticollis it's gonna pull right back, push right back at you. Yeah. Yeah. You find because you are correct me if I'm wrong, but you naturally seem like a very intuitive person. That wasn't something. And again, correct me, but I feel that you were born kind of with that natural intuition and you've kind of fostered that over the years to apply it to your practice, which is amazing. And I, I, connect on that because with all of of my education and background and everything like that, when I'm sitting in front of a patient and it's very different, my hands are not on them like, like yours are physically feeling, but I still have very strong feelings of in a world of so many options. I know exactly what I need to do for this patient to fulfill my role in their health journey. And Mm -hmm. that part is irreplaceable. So do you find sometimes that it's hard teaching other people what you do who may not connect on such a deep level as you do? Or do you find that people who end up wanting to learn about cranial osteopathy do to some degree have that intuition?
2: So when I teach people, I spend more time helping them set set up a foundation, which means they have to get quiet. But it is worthwhile time for me to do that because it makes everything else a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So if we don't do that, then they feel like they're trying and it's hard to feel what might feel subtle in the beginning. Like to me, these things are not, don't feel subtle anymore, but in the beginning they feel very subtle. So, but if you just help people ground and center in the beginning, you can teach them to feel so many things. And I've done this like over and over again. And sometimes it's just, it can be that lack of confidence in the beginning but see the lack of confidence will be like a trying so it's just like be okay not knowing anything mm-hmm. so that you can approach from the beginner's mind and it's just like this clean space where you don't know what to expect or sometimes like in the class I just taught teaching the emotional body um sometimes it's like you know what if you feel something and it feels confusing i was like oh mm. well that might be information because chances are it is confusing and the emotions that the person's feeling are confusing to them so maybe what you're feeling is their confusion and so but it's learning to like tease that apart of like what's right. my confusion versus like what am i picking up on on confusion um and this is great because this is like i i put together um i have a book coming out hopefully at the end of this year and it's um I am exactly what you're asking about, because it's like, I am intuitive, embrace your inner light. So it's how to use your, how to ground yourself, how to ground the body, how to ground your mind, how to ground spirit, and then how to use your body as a compass, how to use your mind as a compass, and how to use your spirit as a compass. Mm. So this is written for regular people, um, but I'll also be um, teaching to and I'll, we'll also be teaching like other kinds of practitioners how to develop this sense because part of it is something that i've had but also part of it has been cultivated and developed sure, sure. Yeah. and so it's a matter of like seeing understanding yourself because everybody has these intuitive gifts and it's a matter of understanding them so like people that are really good at business and finances super intuitive with money Mm. but they may not be so in other areas of their lives like relationships but if you can see where you have it and then can just expand it and develop it in the other dimensions of your life um then yeah, you can have more access to that, right. just more readily available, and so, uh, so that's what I'll teach my patients to, and that's what we'll teach in the workshops and classes. Um, and and sure, I could I can teach other kinds of practitioners that don't have their hands on how to feel things more from the biofield. So, mm-hmm. so that's something that we're going to develop in the future because because the more you can understand, the more helpful it is. I mean, just to expand what is already possible and we, yes. we we are we are down here with like medicine when we could be like yes. limitless
0: yes so,
2: um so to be able to like help both the patients but also all different kinds of practitioners understand that and how they can access it you have to access it for yourself first so that's what i teach the way i teach um is I don't want someone to practice on another person until they've felt it in themselves. Mm, Yes. doesn't make sense to me.
0: Absolutely. I have another question, (laughs) filled with questions, (laughs) is, and this is something that I had to work on, I I am 100% an empath, and I feed off of other people's emotions, and I had to really work on separating, not separating, but creating boundaries and protecting that side of me, especially when I started to practice. Because when I deal with a lot of patients who have struggled with chronic illness for so long, I would absorb all of their emotions and mm-hmm. it is it can be physically draining. And that is still not something that I perfected, but I've gotten it much farther than where I used to be. But with you, you are, and for me, that's me sitting across the table, just listening to them and kind of absorbing what they're feeling. But you are so physically connected to that person in this moment. Did you, especially when you first started practicing, find yourself being overwhelmed with what you were feeling and what you were absorbing? And then how did you move forward and kind of create boundaries or protect yourself from that?
2: You know, it's an interesting question because um, I feel like a part of me wasn't as afraid of those kinds of things. And um, and a part of me, I mean, I would just think of like my own life and then just with my dad passing a couple of years ago and just going through intense emotions like that, um, I had to talk myself like coach myself through being present because i i was like i don't want to miss this very important time in my life and then the my dad's crossing over and so um but that does take a lot of courage and so it takes some practice and cultivation over the years of not being afraid to feel Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so again if you're not afraid of feeling and if you're not afraid of being afraid you become untouchable mm. so all that stuff just goes through you and if you know exactly who you are your essence and your light no darkness can enter
0: so what you're saying is i have some work to do <laughs> it's uh it's not a goal
2: it's not a goal it's like a moment to moment thing yeah. so if there's times where i start to feel like if i'm getting run down then i'll kind of to take a look at that and see what's going on so um yeah it's something that everyone goes through and uh in various ways and i used to feel that like when i was first starting a practice i opened the door and i would call it a dark um a dark hole like a uh a, a black hole right. you know so you open it and then because then all i would feel all the energy go <laughs> sorry um and and so i you know and and it would sort of like kind of take me um, aback a little bit, I'd be like, ooh, you know, but I would know right away. I'm like, usually that, that person was feeling really down and, and depressed. And so um, understanding like helps a lot because it's like, if you can understand that, like, oh, they're going through something, then it helps you to have some compassion. Yes. But also if I'm not afraid of what I'm feeling, because in the beginning I can feel scared, and I'm like, ooh, that scared me. But if it's it's just like what we we're talking about before with what the kids say, it's just like, oh yeah, I was I, so I got good. scared. Yeah. 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 And then and sometimes like, um, I early on when it was like really early in practice, then one of my patients, this mom, she was like tearing up because her her daughter was having allergic reaction from something she had touched, even just like in the waiting room. And then I could feel because I feel very empathically too. And so my, my I started welling up with tears because she was so upset and sad about it, and um, I don't remember like consciously trying to do anything about it. I remember it happening, but the mom was so touched because she was like, "You're the only one that's ever been like that, like felt it like the way that I did. Um, that 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 I could feel that she was upset, and I was understanding about it, and so." I guess whatever I, however I behaved or however responded to the situation was how I would have wanted someone to respond to me if I was in the situation because, and I knew how to do that because I could feel her. Right. Um. So, but I don't remember feeling afraid of that. I was feeling sad too. I just felt like, oh, she's going through something, you know. Empowered I by the
0: most. Yeah. <laughs> yes. but I could feel it
2: in my body and I could feel my eyes. like tear up and it was noticeable to to the mom as well um so but you know what i wasn't i wouldn't say that i was always comfortable like that um because growing up i hated feeling vulnerable mm-hmm. probably because i was so sensitive to things but and i would say i remember in high school to tell my friends i hate vulnerability <laughs> this yeah. is before Brene brown and all of that <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um I, I had to learn to be okay Feeling vulnerable, so that I could share myself too,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: and it did take me some courage in the beginning to share what I was noticing, because because in the beginning I was like, oh, they might think this is weird, or I was like, I don't, you know, maybe it might scare them, right? Um, so, but what I found is that the more comfortable I am with whatever I'm saying, then it creates like this nice safeness that we can have a conversation about difficult things and still feel safe about it. Yeah, right. And um, so, and I, it's not like, I don't say every single thing I notice, it would probably be exhausting. And I don't go into the world like trying to read everybody. I don't do that. I, I believe in just being really responsible about Uh, your abilities and what you can do. And so I don't do that unless I have permission. So if someone comes into my office, then that's a a permission to um, you know what they're asking me to do. And so, um, and I I always, I stay in touch with stillness, that oneness to say what's helpful Mm -hmm. because there's so much you can say and it wouldn't be helpful if someone just ran through things that they noticed about you uh, right no, and- it's
0: true, and it can be very overwhelming for patients, you know for for on my end, when I have seven patients or seven labs to go through, and I like to be very thorough and go through everything so patients know their body on paper and what's going on, I always preface it by saying, this is information. This is information mm-hmm. about your body that we can do something about. So don't allow it to overwhelm you because now we know how to proceed forward. Now we know what we can do to help you. And, you know, I think that's a similar sense in that it's, I I do pick and choose how I present that information and it's all necessary, but it's all, it's in a positive light because you are then doing something about it and you can, Mm -hmm. you know, reassure your own patients. Yes, I'm feeling this, this, and this, but that's why you're here. That's why I can help you.
1: Be the channel, not the reservoir. And, <laughs> and the I, reservoir. Be the I tell my patients, <laughs>
0: I
2: tell my patients you, cause usually when they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I have so many problems. Or I'm like, oh, it must be a lot. I'm like, no, you only ever have one problem. It's like whether you feel in balance or not in balance. Yeah. And so if you don't feel in balance, things will reflect that. And especially when you have access to lots of specialty labs and lo- different ways to look at things, you will be able to see ways that are out of balance but it's still reflecting the one problem just feeling out of balance
0: right absolutely it. absolutely i completely agree and that relates to anything that can relate Everything. to acute illness chronic illness healthy people i mean overall in general i think that's a main take-home mm-hmm. point here but before we wrap up is there any burning information you want to give our community or any burning topic that that we have not discussed or or gone through that you'd like to share
2: i mean the main thing is that like everyone is this beautiful being of light and love and the more you know that and realize that see that feel it understand it hear it the more balanced you will feel yes and that's all of health
0: Yes. Wow. Well, on oh, that note, nice. <laughs> we do want to give some information to our community about how they can reach you if they're in the area, how they can come see you, how can they can learn more about cranial osteopathy and all the benefits that it may provide.
2: Absolutely. You can always sign up for my e love letters. I send them out once a week on Wednesday. You can do that at allworldshealth.com. And I'll let you know about when the book is coming out. My editor's going through it, um, the book designer's going through it. It's really like a labor of love. <laughs> it is it's so much. It's, it's a baby. It's like a two-year baby (laughs) um but it's it's so practical so i take a lot of these things that feel maybe amorphous or intangible and make them more tangible and very easy exercises and i think that's the one thing that people said about it it's like It's so accessible and easy to understand. So taking like difficult topics and making them easier to understand. And and I love talking about things that are the most important in our lives, but sometimes we shy away from. So that book is, I Am Intuitive, Embrace Your Inner Light. And if you want to connect with me on any of the platforms, social media platforms, you can on Instagram at All Worlds Health, Facebook, All Worlds Health and Pediatrics, and on my YouTube channel, The Multidimensional MD, which you can find under my name too.
1: Beautiful, and we'll make sure that all of that is linked down into the show notes below, so you can just go and click on all of this stuff, so you don't have to. You can go, you can go type it all in, but we'll have it available for click. So before we do our sign off, I would like to do a breathing exercise to. Read oh up, yes, since um, today on that we are recording this, it is a Friday, so getting us ready for the weekend. Yes. And so when you listen to this, it will be a Thursday, getting you ready for the weekend as well. So, um, yeah, walk us through how we can do a reset whenever we feel like we need one.
2: So one thing is like the long exhale, which is a very common exercise because it helps to boost the parasympathetics. If you think about the inhale sympathetic exhale as parasympathetic, then most people are needing more exhale. Mm-hmm. So if all you did was a, an exhale, that was at least twice as long as the inhale, then um, breathe in through the nose and either out through the mouth or out the nose. And you can take like four breaths like that. So nice, slow inhale and a long exhale. Again, inhale. and a long exhale and then inhale, long exhale, one more inhale, long exhale and if you could just bring your awareness I mean that's the simplest one but if you bring your awareness all the way down down your legs to the bottoms of your feet most people have more energy up so it's like bringing the energy down literally grounding And then one last thing I'll do is if you just remember that you are mostly space. So the cells of your body, the space that you occupy is mostly space. So if you start to breathe into that space between things, that space between your cells, the space between the individual atoms even, There is where you will feel
1: your essence.
2: And then you can also remember that you have this huge biofield, this energy field around you. And so that is space that's part of your being so you can expand your awareness to breathe into that space between things of even your energy body.
0: I have so many comments. Two things I'll say quick before we go is immediately when you were mentioning how a lot of people have energy up here in the head, I've, I was it was pressure and energy in my head. And when you then focus physically on bringing that down, immediately it went more towards my core.
2: Oh, that's so
0: great. Yes. And then the second part was the energy field. I went from this very tight in my shoulders to just naturally relaxing so much more to fill that space outward. And I've never thought about that. I meditate quite a bit, I've done (laughs) breath work and it's usually always internal. Mm -hmm. And yes, breathing breath through the depths of your being, but I've never done it where you expand. And that was two seconds. And i felt yes so
2: much that's what, thank you
1: thank you thank you. that's what i was saying. i was like it's yeah. it's
2: like small things done consistently mm-hmm. and then um and i know it's all vibration and i know that when i'm talking about a certain thing i can help bring people to that vibration so you can feel it mm-hmm. more easily but once you're familiar with it then you can go right there visit at any time and then to to feel your being because you are this infinite being in a finite package and then you think about baby so when baby's born they're this infinite being in a really tiny package and then being squeezed into an even smaller <laughs> <laughs> package that, how, yeah. <laughs> so if it's a it, it there's a reason why it's um you know we may feel off because our beings are so big. And sometimes our bodies don't feel like it it can handle everything Mm, that we are. Well,
0: thank you so much for all of that. Yes, this is by far my favorite episode. Just all encompassing. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Dr. Diabko. And any last, any last anything? Uh,
1: Until next time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love <laughs>
2: thank, <together>. you. <laughs> thank you again for having me i really love these conversations and helping other people know that they can have these conversations too
0: yeah of beautiful. course beautiful beautiful thank you so much
1: hey discover. let's discover more find episode link in today's show notes follow us on instagram and tiktok at the discovery doc connect with us on facebook at the discovery doc like and subscribe on youtube Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit our website, thediscoverydoc.com. This podcast is produced by Soulpreneurs Association empowered by soulsoftware.co. Empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast the discovery doc podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions recommendations or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one may not be suitable or safe for another The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.